Good morning, Hope Church. So, uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies is Home Alone. And uh, Kevin McAllister said, I hope I never see you again. He said his fa- to his mom. And she said, be careful what you wish for. Uh, well, he got what he wanted, right? <laughs> Made my family disappear. Well, initially he was excited, running around, just doing whatever he wanted to do, eat whatever he wanted to eat. But then, eventually, he started to miss his family. Um, we were not created to be alone. Uh, solitude. Solitude is not the same thing as isolation. Solitude can be a good thing, and it, sometimes it's very necessary. Um, but even God himself, and uh, the Lord said in Genesis chapter 2, it is not good for the man to be alone. And of course, he's talking about men and women. Uh, so isolation is a bad thing. And we really don't want to be alone, especially if we are going through a difficult time in our lives. Um, I'm glad that the, the Bible promises us that if we are believers, if we are believers, um, we are never, we are never alone. So if you have a Bible, would you turn to Hebrews chapter 13? We're going to look at verses 5 through 6. Hebrews 13, verses 5 through 6. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I think many of us here this morning already familiar with this verse. We've heard this before many times, but, but I don't know about you, but I was struck by the first part of verse 5, which says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Uh, keep yourself free from the love of money. What a great reminder to us during the, the most commercialized holiday in our country, right? If not in the world. Uh, here the, here, but here, in this verse, in these two verses, the writer of Hebrews wants to emphasize one thing. It's the main point of our message. God will never leave us. That's the fill-in number one. God will never leave us. Uh, you know, in the Greek, the word never, it means never. <laughs> yeah, you got the, <laughs> somebody got the joke. Actually, seriously though, it means, it also means certainly not. Not at all. And by no means. I love that emphasis. Not at all. By no means. Uh, you know, in your Bible, you may have a cross-reference on uh, verse, verse 5, directing you to Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. And the writer of Hebrews would certainly be familiar with Deuteronomy. It's the, uh, the Pentateuch. And uh, towards the end of Moses' life, you know, he had been called to take the people of Israel out of Egypt into the Promised Land, and he made it 
to the promised land, but he didn't get to go in because he disobeyed the Lord. And so Joshua was going to be the one. God told Moses, you're not going to go in. You can get to see the land, but you won't go in. Joshua is going to be the one to lead the people in. And so he's commissioning Joshua in this passage. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, he says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, Well, after Moses' death, God speaks directly to Joshua. And uh, you can read, I'm not going to read the first uh, chapter of Joshua. You can read it and uh, read everything that God tells him. But I wanted to highlight what he tells him in verse 5. He says, no one, the Lord says to Joshua, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses So I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So um, I think, you know, it's safe to say that Joshua was afraid when he was about to enter the land of Canaan. You remember remember when him, he and the uh, 12, the other uh, 11 spies, they went into uh, Canaan to kind of check out the land and you remember the people they brought back, the, most of the spies, except for Joshua and Caleb, brought back a bad report. The s- cities are huge. They have these big walls. The people there are like giants, and we look like grasshoppers to them. It, it was not a good report. Now, Joshua and Caleb did say, we can do it. We can do it. We, we're, with God's help, we are able to defeat them. But doesn't mean he wasn't afraid. Um. In fact, the reason why I think that is because God and Moses both told him, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Um, they told him to be strong and courageous. Now, uh, there was a lot that Joshua knew about the land of Canaan before he went in. God, God had told him some, some things about Canaan, and then also they went. He saw it himself. He saw what the land of Canaan was going to be like. But there was a lot of things that he did not know. Um, The unknown, the unknown can cause a great deal of fear in the human heart. Uh, What about us today? Uh, We're preparing to start a new year. And we are definitely facing a bunch of unknowns in our country, in our, and in our world. And um, none of us knows uh, what's going to happen in the future. But some of you have reason, good reason, to be concerned about 2022 because of what you're facing right now. Right now. So I wanted to end the year by encouraging us all of us, to remember that we are never alone. God said that he would never leave us and he would never forsake us. Uh, I know there's some of you in here, God said it, I believe it, that settles it, right? And others of you, not so much. (laughs) You you need a little more encouragement, you need a little more evidence that God is never going to leave us or forsake us. So, 
I want to point out three reasons why God will never leave us and never forsake us. God will never leave us, first of all, because we are his chosen. We are his chosen. Let's look at Deuteronomy 7, verse 6. He says, "For you, this is Moses, For you are a people holy to the Lord. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. Isaiah 43.10 says, You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. And finally, Jesus tells his disciples in John 15.16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit will that, that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. One of the best feelings in the world is to be chosen. Remember when you were a little kid, and they were picking teams, and, and you got picked first, now, I've never had that happen to me, so I don't know what that's like, but maybe you do. Uh, or remember, if you were in band, there's a lot, I know there's a lot of band nerds in here. And you got, <laughs> and you got picked for first, you were chosen for first chair. That's a big deal, right? Uh, or some of you remember when you got asked on a date, or somebody asked you to marry them. And if, in, if you were the one asking and the person said yes, that means not only were you choosing them, but they were choosing you too. Remember when you were offered a job, you were chosen. And, and sometimes you didn't even take the job, but it was glad just to know that you were one of the ones that they really wanted. They wanted you for that job. What a wonderful feeling to be Wanted and to be chosen. But imagine the creator of the universe, the Lord God Almighty. He wanted you and he wanted me. And so he chose us. So God will never leave us because we are his chosen. Second, God will never leave us because we are his redeemed. Isaiah 43, 1 says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed, from the empty way of life handed down to, to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Do you know, uh, in our, our modern uh, conception, we, we don't understand really, we don't really get that idea of redemption. We redeem coupons, right? We, we don't really get this idea uh, the International Bible, Standard Bible Encyclopedia says that redeem or redemption means, I like this, to tear loose. 
to tear loose, to rescue, to purchase, or a ransom. And in the Old Testament, the idea was mainly used of deliverance when people said redemption. And in the New Testament, it has more an idea of ransom. Um, I was trying to think of an example of where somebody was ransomed. It's hard, it was hard for me. But then I thought of uh, Oscar Schindler. If you've seen the, the movie uh, Schindler's List... It's a real true story, and uh, he was a member of the Nazi party, uh, and he ran an enamel works factory in Krakow during the German German occupation of Poland, Uh, and he employed workers from a nearby Jewish ghetto, and uh, of course the Germans, the Nazis came along and they were taking the people out of the ghetto to exterminate them, take them to the concentration camps, well... Oscar Schindler persuaded the Nazis to let him use the people in uh, the labor camp to come and work for his factory and prevented them from being sent to the concentration camps. Now, he did it at great risk to himself and by the end of his life, he had spent all his money all his money, to save, he saved 1,200 Jewish people. And uh, they honor him today because of that. The Jewish people honor him today. I want to look again one more time at 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Do you know how this was made possible? Jesus had to become a man. Jesus had to be born a baby with blood pumping through his heart and pumping, pumping through his body. He had to become a man. Um, what, a, what a wonderful reminder. Um, the real meaning of Christmas. He was born to die. He was born to die. And not only just to die, but he was born to shed his blood so that he could redeem you and me. So we can, we can know that God will never leave us because we are his chosen, we are his redeemed, and finally, we are his children. Look at John 1, 12 through 13. John, the Apostle John says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Now look at 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we could be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. 
So here we have in the New Testament this idea, not only believers, not only the people of God, not only the redeemed, but we are literally called the children of God. You know, I was trying to find a verse in the Old Testament, and maybe some of you scholars or people that have been reading the Bible a long time, you can tell me later. I, I had a hard time in the Old Testament finding where the people of God are called his children. Uh, so, however, I found this psalm. It's one of my favorite psalms. And I want you to listen as I read a few verses from this psalm. And I wonder what it makes you think of. Uh, it's not exact, but I wonder if you could tell me what, what it makes you think of. Psalm 139, 1 through 3. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Psalm 139.5. You hem me in behind and before. And you lay your hand upon me. Psalm 139.7.8. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Psalm 139, 9 through 10. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Psalm 139, 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Psalm 139, 15 through 16. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Anyone? What does that sound like? What does that sound like? You hem me in before, behind. You watch my lying down and my rising up. What does that sound like? Who, what? Parenthood, that's right. Now, obviously, you don't know what's going to happen to your children in the future, although some of you, I know you wish you knew what would happen to your children in the future. But so many of these verses, your eyes saw my unformed body. How many of you, 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 you had... Uh, you got a picture, an ultrasound picture. You could see your baby before they were even born. God doesn't need no ultrasound. <laughs> In fact, God, God was not just an observer. It says here, he literally wove us together. The word indicates his fingerprints are literally on us. Um. If we placed our faith in Jesus, in his life, in his death, and his resurrection on our behalf, we are God's children. Now, I know that some of you, unfortunately, did not have a good experience as children. And I encourage you to read Psalm 139 over and over 
and over again. Because that is the kind of father that you have, your heavenly father. So God will never leave us because we are his chosen, we are his redeemed, and we are his children. So um, I wanted to wish everyone here, in conclusion, uh, Happy New Year. Unfortunately, there's no guarantee that it's going to be a happy new year. Now, that doesn't mean there are not going to be moments of happiness. Um, thank the Lord. I, so God is often so good to us, even in the midst of our trials. Uh, but sadly, there will be sad moments. There may be even dark moments. But God promises that he will be with us in the happy times, in the sad times, and yes, in the darkest of times. You know, it's almost been 60 years since President John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And he left a wife and two very young children, John Jr. and Caroline. And there's a very famous photograph of the motorcade procession to the funeral, um, during the funeral of President Kennedy. I don't know if you can see that picture. So the story is that Caroline, who's only six years old, sticks her hand, extends her hand out the window. And the Secret Service agent takes her hand and holds her hand all the way to St. Matthew's Cathedral. Whatever happens this year, you stick your hand out and God will, God will grab it. God will grab it. You know, uh, Anita and the, the uh, praise team are going to come up and we're going to sing a hymn that I, I've asked if we could sing. And maybe... Some of you are familiar with the song, Abide With Me. And um, I was a little hesitant about this song because I hear it's often sung at funerals. But I hear it's also sung at weddings. And some of you sports fanatics who follow football, not American football, but soccer, they actually sing this song you guys, they actually sing this song at one of the championships, the soccer championships. And so I think one of, one of uh, Elton John uh, did a rendition of Abide With Me. I love this song. There's so many times in the Bible where God's people asked him, not, asked God, don't leave us. Don't leave us. Remember Moses when God says, you know what? I've had it with you guys. You go on. I'm not going to go with you anymore. And Moses says, no, please. If, you, if you're not going with us, don't send us forth. Abide with us. Remember the two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus and they were talking to Jesus. They were so excited. They were so excited that they, they felt this warmth, this somehow, it was so weird. Who, who is this guy? How does he know so much? I said, 
abide with us. Stay with us. They didn't want him to leave. And of course, he stayed and he broke the bread and they realized it was Jesus. And he said, didn't our hearts burn, burn? So I'm going to pray and then we're going to uh, sing this song. And um, uh, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. That you promised us that you would never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, I pray, Father, that whatever we are going through now, whatever, Lord, we go through in the next days and weeks and months, Father, be with us, Lord. Abide with us. Remind us that you are the Lord of the universe and that you're near near us, Father. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Would you stand? Let's sing this hymn together.